Just as a reminder, you can visit us at thepandapod.com. That's thepandapod.com to grab our RSS feed, listen directly, and share PandaPod with your family and friends. You can also reach us directly via email through podcast at thepandapod.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Panda Pod, everybody. This week, I'm your host, Justin, a.k.a. Wiggy, and with us, we've got our usual suspects, Jeff. Hello. And Rab. How's it going? This week, we're giving updates on our favorite topic of aliens. So this is Aliens 2, Return of the Aliens. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. Um, so we really wanted to start off with talking about, um, an episode of a popular podcast, um, that Grouch was a part of and some new information that kind of came to light from that episode. And we've tapped our, our residential expert, Jeff, um, to kick that off and, and get us going. So Jeff, what did, what did we learn from? from that well maybe first name it and then kind of let us know what we learned from it yeah um i just want to take a moment to bask in the glory of being the resident expert of anything (laughs) (laughs) i don't really feel that one but you've earned uh, it thanks i i sure do google well (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i mean we we do what we can do Right. right. Like, <laughs> we work with what uh, we got. I am an armchair expert at aliens, let me tell you. Um, yeah, so David Grush was on an episode of Jesse Michael's podcast, American Alchemy. And it was like a long interview, like two hours long. Um, we'll link it, of course. Yeah, we'll, we'll put a link in the Discord. Uh, but... There was so much covered in there. It felt like a lot of like sudden disclosure was going on. Um, and I don't know that it was so much disclosure as much as it was just kind of bringing all of the different things that have recently come to life like, together. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, let's see. Big things they covered. The, uh, the way that the Atomic Energy Act was used to uh, cover up UFO research in the, what, 40s and 50s? Yeah, that was pretty interesting. So, like, they mentioned the fact that um, it was written by somebody who had been previously involved in UFO stuff, right? The act itself? I think the person had previously been involved in... Um. Oh, what's the Oppenheimer thing? Um, the Manhattan Project. The Manhattan yeah. Project, right? I see. But then, didn't that person have some kind of ties to UFO? Like, I think I feel like there there was a lot of speculation in the um the video, and I guess it's not a total fact, but I feel like they speculated on the idea that that person put it in there specifically for UFOs, having been having known about something that maybe the public didn't. Gotcha. Okay. I, I don't remember that part, but again, it was a long video. There was so much packed in there. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, yeah, a lot of it was speculation. I mean, I, I think, it, and true. I think that's good because I mean, Rush couldn't speculate in front of Congress, right? He had to tell what he believed to be the truth and only facts. Right. And as you're watching the video, like, it becomes pretty clear that Jesse Michaels and David Grush have become kind of buddy buddy. And it made me feel while watching it that it was like David Grush, like really strongly hinting to Jesse about things to talk about that he just can't confirm or deny, but he knows he's be out there. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, to Jacob's point earlier, I remember that um, there was a, the senator who proposed the bill um, also had a hand in did have a hand in an earlier um, uh, UFO um, committee type thing. So yes, he was connected to both the Manhattan Project and this other UFO uh, committee. And there's been a lot of um, speculation that not only have were they working on the the bomb um, at the location of where they were doing the Manhattan Project, but also um they were using that same area to then house um house ufos or uaps whichever um so there's there is a lot of connection there i can't remember was it in this video where they started talking about just how frequently nuclear locations have been affected by like uap activity yeah, they did talk about that, and they also mentioned an interesting thing, which is that, like, uh, Grush said, like, he believes that that's partially because that's just where all the sensors are, you know, at military bases and stuff. <laughs> right, right. I did immediately after that Google um, how to acquire, like, <laughs> like air traffic control quality uh, radar. <laughs> <laughs> And How many found, thousands of dollars was that going to cost? It doesn't even matter. Like it's just completely illegal for citizens to own. Oh that wow! Radar. Yeah. So like, how could we possibly track this stuff? You know. Dang. Yeah. Well, that's gonna that's that's super interesting to know that we can't even if we wanted to. And I mean, I can see. And once again, this is them saying that we can't have things because of security problems right the reason why they mm -hmm. wouldn't want regular people to have radar is because you don't want regular people to know when planes are flying overhead because you, you may potentially be able to do something about it i guess sure. or track yeah them, whichever you know so what? I, I didn't even it, think but... about that honestly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i was just like why don't they want me to see where the ufos are how come they're not letting me look at all the other dimensions here what's going on but no how come they won't let me buy a surface to air missile Right? Yeah. <laughs> right. I found this nice Ukrainian guy who was going to sell me one. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Uh, but, I mean, that also kind of goes with another story from later in the week. The UAP, actually, I think it was the following week. Um, the UAP uh, NASA um, press conference that they did, talking about their report that they released. I was going to ask, uh, so, so that one... Um they were talking about what they how they would do research into ufos exactly right? yeah they were talking about how they want to go about collecting data which they talked about releasing a smartphone app 
that people could record data on and send into them. And hmm. that made my sacral get real unhappy. <laughs> Why is that? Just something about the government controlling like completely that much data, like their their ability to gather the data and then manipulate the data and disseminate it. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I like, think they, that today they have that ability through social media. Sure. Yeah, but like. I don't know. It might have been nice of a like a non-government third party, really though, with non-profit with many... preferably company would would take over this kind of research. You know, with as with as much collusion as there is between companies and the governments, it doesn't really matter who gets it at this point. Like it's going to be controlled by somebody who we don't want it to be controlled by. Like because we just don't have the resources to put something like that together ourselves. Like, sure. So yeah, I don't really see any other way to go about it either. Like I get it. Like if and if a government agency is going to do it, I guess I'd want NASA to be in charge of it. You know. Right. Um, but it's just kind of got Big Brother vibes as far as like controlling the narrative of what people are reporting. Well, I do think it would probably be better like if 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 we could if we could just conjure that app into existence assuming they're not just like because aliens are popular right now let's have a whole press conference to get nasa's name in the news assuming that's not what they're doing um, and they're actually going to make the app i do think that that would encourage people to potentially see things that they wouldn't otherwise see as a you know maybe like strange paranormal encounter as as a paranormal encounter you know what i mean like the fact that they're even writing it down yeah that is true Hmm. so a couple things to consider first thing that i want to do is i want to go back to that document that we were talking about that law that's in place right and essentially so just to give a, a quick like what that's about um so when the manhattan manhattan project launched um they started the government started to think okay so how do we handle secrecy when it comes to when it comes to nuclear material um do we you know just hide it behind regular classified um do we just you know classify everything at the same level or what do we do so not only did they do that but they also put in like special handling instructions essentially um on who's able to access what data and it has to be compartmentalized um and so now anything that has to do with with nuclear-based energy which is also um a big assumption on on how um you know aliens essentially would be um powering these crafts that they use is through nuclear power um so any crashed retrieval um that they that they pick up or any um uh like you say even biologics anything that has to do in with involved with a crash like that is subject to these strict rules um so they just all kind of they use that that one tool to hide everything as deep as they possibly can um so there's that secondly um when it came to that nasa um uh 
conference that they did, um, they said that they weren't going to establish like a like a director um, that's going to be presiding over like creating a uh, the way to get the tracking and process completed for um, for tracking these things. And they just came out and and said that they do have a director. Um, and there's a name that's being thro- thrown around. And they said originally that they weren't going to announce who it was um, because people on the team were getting death threats. Um, oh, man. Essentially, yeah. essentially for, um, for even looking into th- this stuff. Um, so they wanted to get, so there's a chance that, that they're essentially naming somebody um who isn't actually in charge <laughs> but there's also a chance that this this one guy is um the guy that's in charge i don't i don't have his name um up on up ahead of me but they just announced that so and this guy was the liaison to um the liaison from nasa to um the white house on UAPs. I see. Like a liaison. Um, At what period of time do you know? Um, I'm not quite sure how long he's been doing it for, but that's what the guy's job is. Oh, that's what it is um, right now. Yeah, that's what it is right now. I see. Um, and they're naming him, supposedly naming him as the director over that program. Um, cool. So we'll probably hear his name pop up a little more. But even though they said that they weren't going to make a director or name him, and then they did it. Um, which in itself is weird and sketchy. So. Okay, it looks like his name is Mark McKinney. No, Mark McKinney. Yeah, Mark McKinney. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so Mark, so Mark McKinney was the new supposed director of this this tracking program and the process behind it so if we hear what happens with that and where that goes that's who we'll hear from probably if you hear in the news that he died the death worked, (laughs) i guess yeah Yeah, for sure (laughs) yikes okay so so let's go back to grush's interview um that was a bit of an aside there um another thing they talked about was this like huge swath of time in the like 40s and 50s where there is this apparently just huge amount of research into anti-gravity that was like it was like really picking up and then for some reason just kind of died off um right i think that the name townsend brown was a part of that like he was a scientist that worked for some government agency and did like these insane spy missions, like parachuting in behind enemy lines to go and find out more about like anti-gravity research being done by the Nazis in World War Two. Yeah, and they talked about the um the Foo Fighters in there too. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So the Foo Which Fighters was like Nazi supposed Nazi planes or something like that that I mean that's what people thought they were. Or when they encountered them, I think it's like some kind of crazy Nazi tech. But I mean, looking back on it, seems like maybe it was UFOs. Yeah, and that it kind of makes sense in my opinion. Like you might look at it and go, "Well, why the hell are aliens siding with Nazis? That's terrible." But if you look at it from like a 
mothership over earth looking down kind of scenario it's us that are testing nuclear fucking weapons you know what i mean right we probably well, and also like the ultimate bad guy there's no guarantee that 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 like it, they were so actually siding with the Nazis oh sure either. sure right like, i'm sure it was anything like, Right. I'm sure if it was aliens, I'm sure they weren't like in cahoots with, you know, <laughs> but I could see aliens being like, oh, these guys are building and testing these nuclear bombs and they're coming in these planes and dropping the bombs. We should probably stop all these bombs from doing their thing. You know, in my right. mind, that checks out. So. I could see also see um, kind of I mean, it's known that the Nazis were trying to develop a nuclear weapon. They They had some level of. Uh, like knowledge that that something could be possible like that, um, and so you know, I mean, I feel like maybe the aliens were investigating that. I mean, it, it's a little later sure. on in the video, but they talk a lot about the fact that nuclear sites have had a lot of UFO encounters. Right. And so it could be something along that line, those lines, where the, I mean, the aliens just happen to be there, and because we have technology monitoring the Nazis, we see the aliens and we're like, what the hell is that? Yeah, so in Oppenheimer the movie, um, they talk about how the Nazis went on the path towards – so there's there's two different paths that you can go with nuclear, right? You can go exploding nuclear, and you can go uh, uh, nuclear energy, right? And so, like, energy creation. So, so in the movie – I don't know how accurate this is, but in the movie, which – um, they said that the Nazis veered off on the course of nuclear energy. Um, and hadn't discovered the way to make the explosion, um, which is the only reason why we got it first. Hmm. Um, my guess is that probably tracks. Um, that makes sense, um, because otherwise they would have had it. Okay. Um, right. Can I, can I speculate? Can I Can I uh, paint a yarn? Is that the phrase? Paint a yarn? I've never heard that before. <laughs> can I knit a painting real quick? Yeah, can, can I knit I, can a painting? I, can I knit you a quilt with panels that describe the story I want to tell? Can I right cr now? can I crochet a picture? <laughs> okay, so what if the aliens were flying over Germany or you know some Nazi occupied area, and one of the ships crashed or was knocked out of the sky? And the Nazis discovered it, and they were utilizing that like nuclear energy, and that's why they veered off on that path because they stole the technology. I have no proof of any of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd but be wild. I mean, it, it 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 would kind of imply if that was the case, if the Nazis could so easily recover that craft and and reverse engineer the technology, that like nuclear energy could have saved us from climate change back in 1930 if that was the case right but i think we kind of know that don't we like that we were like on the verge of that technology pre-world war ii and it just kind of got put on the shelf am i making yeah. that up i mean I feel like... <laughs> it seems true it seems true i mean yeah. it's it would be obviously it would be a big cover-up right because like mm -hmm. you know i mean I mean, not I, I certainly would not deny the fact that lots of people have spent a lot of effort covering up climate change so that mm -hmm. people won't react to it. Um, but I mean, it would be a pretty wild cover up to have the solution in hand and then decide not to use it. That is true. So just to to do another backup. So you mentioned mentioned uh, 
we're talking about anti-gravity mm-hmm. and you were talking about uh thomas townsend brown yes um, and thomas townsend brown was a scientist who um came up with this idea of of using a specific material um to create anti-gravity using saucers right bismuth um, right yeah using bismuth and so the here's the thing um now at the time he was he was pretty much labeled a quack um every physicist um pretty much just said that he was wrong and it didn't work it doesn't work um and they could never they could never prove it um now um something interesting that is um related in the video um in the grass video is that um townsend worked for a company um that was called the glenn l martin company in maryland um now what what is interesting is the glenn l martin company became lockheed martin right lockheed martin helped with the development of our first stealth bomber right at the skunks works facility and skunk works correct so there is a direct link from townsend working at the glenell martin company to lockheed martin helping to create our first stealth bomber so we definitely have some is that like, I mean, once again, who knows? Why would they put it on the shelf for so long? Did they not quite figure it out? Did it take some time? Who knows? Um, but this is also covered up. We didn't know about the stealth bomber until it was active. They did a release. Like, I remember it on, like, watching it on the news. Like, sure. they did, like, a release saying, okay, we now have a stealth bomber. And that was because they wanted the world to know that we had we had a stealth bomber, right? And it was cool as hell, too. It was, yeah, it was super <laughs> cool. It was crazy cool. Crazy, crazy cool. You know, so, uh, the B-2. Yeah, the B-2 stealth bomber. Yeah. Um, so... So yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to give that background because yeah, we we, we move, we're moving so fast this episode that I want to make sure people understand where we're what we're talking about. So right, right. right. I mean, there is so much covered here. Everybody should just go watch the video. It was Certainly. very interesting. Whether you believe it or not, I mean, some of it's indisputable. You know, there's a lot of stuff there that's just it's been declassified. It's admitted that it's happened. And again, it's just kind of gathering the information. And then there is speculation on what it could all be. But like one of the things that is like that came to light and that we've known about for the atomic program um, was like our poaching of Nazi scientists. Right. Operation Paperclip. Yeah. Operation Paperclip. Yeah. Um, that's pretty crazy. Like I, I had heard of it. Like I had been outraged <laughs> by it in the past, but never really, like, done any, like, research on it, you know? It's just like, of course we stole Nazi scientists, you know? And the ones that we didn't steal, uh, Soviet Russia got. So mm. the ones that we didn't take, Russia took. Um, and so there's, you know, there's a reason why when we started when we started looking at going to the moon, um 
or or the space program in general, a lot of the scientists came from there, came from Germany. Um, a lot of those same scientists and Russia made it first. Um, they, I mean, they did they did get a guy out there for a a, a walk around uh, the stratosphere, but right. oh sure, yeah, yeah but. Yeah, for the space race, but I mean that's where it, that's really where that came from. Were those scientists mm-hmm. um, from Operation Paperclip? So definitely. yeah, I guess so. It was like it pretty well known that we had done that for the space race stuff, but not as well known that we did it for the atomic energy stuff, right? Sure. I mean, they're they're definitely also experts, right? There was a race. It was a race between us and Germany. Um, there wasn't the Russians really weren't looking into it, but once the war was over, they realized, oh crap, um, this is something we have to look into now because we're already behind. So whatever, like so, like I said, whatever scientists we didn't get, they did get. Um, and that was purely just so that they could start developing like you said they could start start developing yeah i'm gonna go off on a little tangent if that's okay sure because i was just thinking about like the race to space and like how there's currently a space race to get to like the south pole of the moon and how india got there first and like how like they did it for like fifty-two million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, like you could win the Powerball and like apparently with India just build a base on the moon with it. Like they don't need a whole lot, I guess. I'm not sure how that works, but I mean they did it. Some of the like pictures and stuff they're sending back are incredible. Wild. Yeah. But yeah, yeah well, I mean, so we... maybe like with some like patience and hard work and dedication, I don't know, uh, we could do all this stuff and not spend a bajillion dollars doing it. You know? Right. I mean, well, let's be on. Let's be honest here. I mean, part of it is our our military industrial complex, right? Like that's part of it. Um, and Certainly. why why we spend why we spend so much money. The other is with with India. I mean, so let's let's take it back. So it's been said, and it's it's pretty obvious that. So as far as technology goes, we made it to the moon based on the competing technology of one of our cell phones. Um, that's that's essentially what you need in order. Like that's the the power equivalent of the technology that you need to be able to do the calculations to get yourself to the moon. Um, and my theory is that it's all just a bunch of, um, uh, they just took over a bunch of Bitcoin miners, um, <laughs> just, just took over their video, their GPUs and their video cards and just hacked together the power that they needed to actually do calculations and get everything together. I mean, it can't be, I mean, I mean, think about it. It takes what, like, I mean, you can make a plane for, what like i'm sure they make planes for what 10 million like i'm well, sure I mean, they depends can... on the plane sure yeah sure. yeah but i mean assuming well you also have to assume that you know tech or uh, uh labor is really cheap 
in India, right? Like they spend a dollar to pay a dollar an hour to pay what you would sure. pay like a, a scientist in America five hundred dollars an hour to do, right? Yeah, like, you know what that tells me. Our scientists are overpaid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know about that. Yeah. I was, I, I always heard that they weren't paid enough, but well, I mean, if we're thinking about it this way, maybe they are overpaid. The military-industrial complex, like the reason it fits into this equation, is the fact that any such program in the U.S. has to have a bunch of people at the top, like soaking up money, basically. Right. And, like, so much is tied up in military. Like, even non-military spending is tied up in military. Right, yeah. Yeah, and it would be over... It would be over the military's jurisdiction to oversee anyway, because they have to do clearance. They have to do clearances. They have to approve on what time and where you could shoot something off. Like... It's all it's all wrapped up in our national defense, um, and well, I mean we can we can go on about that right. for hours. So, <laughs> uh, okay, I'm trying to think if there's anything else about this Grush interview. Well, at the one thing we kind of missed in the beginning, they talked about before um, there was the uh, nuclear like uh, act that kind of a lid on it there was a military program that was specifically designed to like push a bunch of propaganda saying that ufos didn't mean anything and they were all fake oh yeah yeah that's been disclosed as well hasn't it yeah so that was pretty interesting like that was the policy before we got the nazi scientists i guess oh yeah and apparently maybe kennedy was killed because of aliens (laughs) 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 that was the biggest stretch in my opinion yeah sure well, well they, they even said in the video it was a stretch. Right. Well, one thing that they did that they did say um, is that that program was based out of Skunk Works, um, and it was it was essentially Skunk Works that made both of the videos. They made both videos that you know were saying that propaganda saying that aliens weren't real and they also made prop like war propaganda um sure like like for the for the army for the air force for the navy like they did all those videos um and they all came from the same place um and they also did um i don't know if you guys have seen it or not but they did some um videos showing way 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 back in like the 30s when we were testing the bombs and some of those videos are are kind of whack um like like there's one video that shows um a uh, like right before a nuclear bomb goes off right there's like this house um and there's it's just this house there's no like cars or anything around it anything like that and then the bomb goes off and you can see like the shock waves um and the dust like kind of like go over where the house was except miraculously miraculously there's a car there now um huh. and it, and they I all look seen these as and, well yeah yeah and they all kind of look like miniature models like when mm-hmm. you when you like so that all came from the same place that all came from the same um the same like propaganda factory 
Okay, my new conspiracy theory then is that the moon landing is real, but nuclear bombs are fake. Yeah, I'm down for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm down for that too. I'm down for that too. I, I I honestly feel like that's more that's a lot more realistic in my. <laughs> but, but but they definitely could have like faked a video just because they wanted to show people a video, and they could still be very real, just not like as impressive. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, the the original thing wouldn't be as impressive because the 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 shock blast from where that house was, from where the bomb went off, like like everything was just much bigger than it should have been. Sure, you know, like it was it, it really seemed like tiny miniature models, you know. Yeah, I think I also saw a video of an explosion in a house, and like if you looked behind the house, there was a tree. And the tree just like wasn't moving at all, <laughs> even though the house like, <laughs> yeah, on well, the, fire, you know. Yeah, there was also this other one where okay, so so assuming you wanted to film this, okay, um, you wanted to film something like this, you would ha- literally have to have a concrete bunker, right, facing the opposite direction, so that the like blast didn't like destroy the camera, right. But what you also have to keep in mind is that this is nuclear radiation, right? And so they were able to film this stuff without the radiation destroying the camera or the camera moving at all. Well, or the or the radiation destroying the quality of the film, because isn't it like if you try to film uh, certain stuff, like you just see like specks in the air? Like I've I've seen those photos online where people take like a picture of a radioactive uh material and it's just like cloudy basically like you could barely make it out really i haven't seen that but that is interesting yeah i don't know i don't know anything about that you're you're the resident expert on on nuclear uh radiation jacob good job (laughs) well maybe those are fake who even knows (laughs) oh so they also talked a bit more like Grush allowed himself to speculate a little more on maybe why aliens are here, in his opinion. Um, and this really lined up well with a theory that you mentioned on the last Alien episode, Rab, was the idea of nuclear really being the like pivoting point. Um, and like aliens, like specifically, he even said almost specifically, I think, that in his opinion they're here because we took the wrong path with nuclear. You know, we went the, the, the warhead route versus the, you know, atom splitting, maybe interdimensional travel route, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the tie in with nuclear, I feel like has always been there. Like area 51 is, is nearby nuclear testing sites. And um, I don't remember what it was used for originally. It might've been one, part of the time who knows but um but i mean that 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 like that southwestern u.s desert vibe they both both things have that vibe at the very least yeah for sure and he really seemed to like lean into the idea of interdimensional beings being what he believes they are which i thought was really cool because like i don't know i just think that's a very interesting concept you know we talked a little bit about this when we were talking with bianca Right. Um, but like and a little bit on the last aliens episode too, you know, they kind of I think it was actually Graves that talked about the cube objects 
and how like the cube objects with the sphere around them that he and his crew saw over the Pacific, uh, about how those could like potentially be like higher dimensional objects that we're only seeing like the three dimensional shadow of. Right. So I don't, I don't know. Like it seems like at least for maybe graves and for Grush that they feel like there's compelling evidence for that. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, maybe um, it's possible that it may release the aliens believe that as long as they can keep us from blowing each ourselves up long enough, We'll eventually take the other path and realize we don't need nuclear warheads. We could, we could travel through dimensions and stuff instead. Yeah, and this is a little bit of an aside, but I was listening to uh, like a spiritual energy update by like my favorite spiritualist Jessa Reed uh, yesterday, and somebody mentioned I don't remember if it was her or somebody I was talking to in the chat that this coming April she seems to think there's going to be some kind of event um, involving the interdimensional things, or maybe she didn't mention interdimensional directly, but I kind of intuited that that's maybe that's what she was saying. Um, sure. But anyway, that kind of lines up with that like 300 day timer we were talking about in the last episode. Like that's right around that time. So I don't know. That got me thinking about maybe, like I don't know how that date popped up into my algorithm or like how I I can't remember exactly what it was but I, there was like a day or two where I just had like video after video after article like all talking about this like event in 300 days but hmm. you you want to hear some some conspiracy that I just came up with Yeah I do Okay so do you know what else is supposed to happen in April Uh the eclipse well no um what else is supposed to happen in april is so americans were paid a lot of money during covid correct yeah uh, we were we were given stimulus and all this other kinds of stuff well a lot of people actually took that stimulus money and put it in the bank and kept it there um and it's been helping people like kind of like slowly keep their um uh their financial state stable um so they're still spending money um people who have this money and people who were able to like job hump job hunt into job hop <laughs> jesus um, I, like, I really like job hump Job <laughs> fucking job humpers man job man. humpers um job Every hump <laughs> job hop into into higher paying jobs of like well over ten thousand dollars more than what they were making before sure in april that money's supposed to run out what do you mean if yeah, people keep mean? if people keep spending the way that they're spending and the way that they have spent since covid that extra money that was printed is supposed to run out of the economy, out of households, household income. As in, like, uh, people were spending it um, slowly, um, and they'll have lost. Slowly, yeah, people spending it, spending it slowly or not spending it. Sure. Will have lost that extra money come April. Also, 
that's supposed to coincide with what the government is saying will be the beginning, the purported beginning of the next level of the recession. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So coming this Easter, recession and aliens. Excellent. And a, a total solar eclipse over North America on April 8th. Okay. I was right about that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So those three things are happening at the exact same time. So there's, a, <laughs> so there's a run out of money. So people won't be spending as much, which means the economy is going to take a hit. Aliens are going to come down while everybody, while nobody has money enough to leave and go anywhere else to avoid the immediate whatever of aliens. Um, and then at the same time, there's going to be a solar eclipse that hides the aliens from coming down. Maybe the aliens are going to come give us money. You never know. Maybe. I mean, money's just a concept, and now I'm on the same list that Bianca's on. <laughs> if I ever see an alien, I'm going to ask it for 250. Tree fitty? <laughs> Tree fitty. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Tree yeah, say fitty, 250. Say, start your own thing, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 250. 250 from now on. Okay, let's see. Um, I guess the last thing I want to touch on about the Grush interview was like towards the end, he was he kind of opened up about like himself personally a bit. I thought that was really cool. Uh, he was talking about how he found out later in life, life that he's autistic, and I feel like that's something I know I can relate to. Justin, I know you can relate to, and just hearing like somebody in that position talk about his neurodivergence and like how he used the like kind of autistic superpowers you get like of observation and um you know like figuring out how to like respond to people and like figure out you know how to determine what emotions people are trying to evoke um how he used that to his like his benefit when doing all this research i thought that was really cool um and he also talked about how he's having kind of a uh, a spiritual awakening after some time of kind of you know, agnostic uh, view on things. So I thought that right. was pretty cool. Yeah, that, that was pretty relatable. I, I don't know um, if I relate to adult autism or not. I mean, I'm sure there's some people who, who know me who would say yes. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I never, um, never really thought about it one way or the other. I hadn't thought about it until... This is a weird time to talk about this, but my sister, last January, January 2023, my sister called me and she's like, hey, bro, I just got a new therapist on BetterHelp. And like after 20 minutes of talking to her, she was like, hey, I think you might be autistic. And she like was kind of freaking out about it. And she was like, do you think I'm autistic? You know, like, and at the time I was like very firmly in the like, no, of course you're not autistic. That's. That's crazy. If you're autistic, I'm autistic. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. That thought stuck with me, and I started, like, reflecting on, like, how I interact with people and, like, these different waves of, like... Um... If you ask me, as somebody who's known you a really long time... Mm-hmm. I think you migrate towards the ADD side of the spectrum. Um, like, like towards the 
space out a bit kind mm-hmm. of like like I don't I don't know like like that that kind of makes sense to me mm-hmm. there's things that I don't see sure um, but 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 I do it's definitely kind of see that <laughs> yeah it's a spectrum so I do definitely kind of see that yeah uh, with with your sister if I think about her and I think about your dad yeah that's really I, what it, it came back to at the end for me it was, was like i was like well if if i'm like maybe have these signs of autistic autism like i probably got that from somewhere you know and then i really started thinking about my dad and i was like oh hold on <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he's hold more of the, <laughs> the OC, he, yeah he's more of the like the ocd um uh, side of things your sister's very like uh attention detailed as well um mm-hmm. And and so I definitely see that see that with them. Um, you know, a big thing that I know my sister and I both suffer from. I think my dad does too. Is like the idea of like burnout, you know, and how oftentimes burnout in neurodivergent people can be viewed as like depression instead of what it actually is, which is just like being overwhelmed and unable to like let go of those feelings and it building up to a point where you like are unable to do anything. Right. Yeah, um, overstimulation and, is is bananas. Yeah, and and like using that like reflection and like thinking back on like events in my life and how I handle them and the mental states I was in at the time, like I'm starting to be a little kinder to my past self and like the way I handled situations because like I really do think I was like in these like intense periods of burnout, you know, and just unable to to pull myself out of it because i didn't understand what was going on you know um right so i don't know i I kind of uh maybe unfairly or incorrectly just like when i was hearing david grush talk about his story and like his frustrations and and trying to like make it in his career and things like that i i just kind of went oh you know what like i can kind of relate to that in a lot of ways yeah sure yeah, I mean, we've spent a lot of time talking about his video. Um, definitely go watch it. I feel like we should get to the stuff in Mexico, though, soon. <laughs> That's true. Oh, wow, we are like 45 minutes in now, aren't we? I mean, we, we obviously brought up a lot of stuff that doesn't that's completely unique to us. It's not like we're just like rehashing <laughs> his two-hour video. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah, well, one thing that I want to say is, is I appreciate you saying that about about talking about how that made you feel. Because I just stopped it while I was listening to you. I was thinking about things about like like being kinder to my younger self. And I mean, my wife tells me all the time like, I, I, that I'm such a sensitive person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I can be very sensitive. But I also have I feel like I have this switch where I can just turn emotion off. Oh, I have that too, man. Um, yeah. And it, like it's this really strange duality of... of uh, personality um, because I can be crazy cold hearted mm-hmm. um, and I can just turn my emotions off and it doesn't matter anymore um, which I've actually found to be at, at first I, I thought it was kind of like a superpower I'm like man I'm like Spock uh, <laughs> right yeah but, you get lost in that like that over glorification of stoicism you know yeah i was like man this is awesome this is totally a superpower and something that like like 
I, I should like like reach into more. But I've I've come to find that it's just it's hindering me more than it helps me mm-hmm. because we li- I live in a world with other people. And the best way to interact with other people is kindness, right? And you can't do that when you have no emotion because you can't be empathetic. Um, And so, so, well, like I was saying in the beginning, I'm glad you said that because I can look back at my past life and look at some of the things I didn't realize. Like, man, I was so cold hearted when I just needed to be kind or I was really, really in my feelings when – I should have looked at this objectively. And right. And we spend so much time like reflecting on our past, like every day. I know I do. I, I try not to, I try to be more present, but like when you're able to reflect on that and then go, Oh, you know what? During that conversation, when I said that thing, you know, I was just having a hard emotional time and, you know, I, I just didn't handle that situation well and I should forgive myself and move on. Sure. You know, like, why, why spend so much time just rehashing the past to yourself and feeling bad about it? Like, I, I feel like I've spent a lot of my life doing that, and like, my newer perspective on things are just like, you know what? Learn from it and just let it go. Well, there's an evolutionary reason for it. I mean, you're literally like training your social skills as a organism that like evolved eventually to be a social organism but like started out as something different right um you know i mean and and like i mean i'm talking about the grand scheme of humanity right sure sure. um and uh so i mean there's a good reason that that our bodies do that but i mean if you manage to control your emotions and i'm not saying i'm good at it necessarily you can recognize it as that and just kind of Mm -hmm. move past it right yeah yeah well, speaking of dishing up the past, um, <laughs> <laughs> your transitions have gotten real dad jokey, and I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. So, Every so podcast needs good the, transitions. Agreed. Yeah, so speaking of the past, we do have these aliens that were supposedly dug up in uh, Peru. Right. Um, yeah. and, were, and were displayed on television in Mexico. Um, so so there's there's a, a couple things I want to talk about here. Um so the first thing is that the main scientist behind this the things that he's done in the past they have been quote unquote debunked. Um and what they're actually talking about um so just so that you're aware is not something to do with aliens before what they're talking about is this scientist um, dug up some bodies that he thought were mummies and they wound up just being like really well-preserved um, children from way, way, way back in, in history. Um, okay. They weren't, ac- they weren't actually mummies like, like Egyptian, like, like um, self-contained through the process mummies they sure just really really old bodies right and there um, was some controversy about like some of the bones not even being human correct like being found nearby and just associated with the, the body yeah so i mean you so essentially this guy's a an amateur archaeologist right like like he's obviously not 
all of the things that he's done has been like by the book right or maybe he's just gotten unlucky or whatever the case may be right so that's the background behind this guy is that he does find things but maybe not exactly what he says he found right um or so so there's a little bit of of uh salt to be taken with with this information um so that that's just the background. I'll let I'll let you guys go a little bit more into it. Okay, well I'll say a few things. I was pretty hyped during the thing. <laughs> I let myself get pretty carried away with it. And I I it it's mostly because the week like two days before I had taken part in this like death workshop with a friend of mine who runs it named Jonathan. And part of it that we did was like journey work into the underworld to like assist a being with passing into the next life. And it was just like a guided meditation thing. But when I was doing mine, I had like pretty vivid visual imagery of like assisting uh, what looked very much like one of those creatures that they displayed in the, the show. Um, the one I was with was much taller. It was like, maybe 10 feet tall, like tall enough that it could easily rest its hand on my shoulder. Uh, but otherwise it looked a whole lot like that. <laughs> and so when I saw that, I was like, yeehaw, we're here. You know, I, I assisted an alien in the afterlife. Um, so that, I don't know. I got a little swept up in that, but uh, there's definitely like several articles I've read about how, you know, other scientists are going through the like DNA records that they released and saying, okay, yeah, you know, not all the DNA here matches human DNA, but it is all, like, DNA that could be found here on Earth, you know? Huh. So it, it may not, you know, be worth getting all excited about. But, you know, the, again, that's just referencing the stuff that this, you know, amateur archaeologist slash journalist has had done himself, you know? It doesn't seem like it's really getting as much attention as maybe it deserves. Right. But who well, knows? Maybe it doesn't. You know. Who to knows? me, it seems like one thing that would be required to prove that those are alien bodies, or at least one piece of evidence you would definitely want to gather, would be done by dissecting them, right? Right. And which they kind of did through, like, radio imaging. Okay. Um, they in, They released some very interesting, like imaging of the bodies um i imagine with them being like what ten thousand years old or something like that that there's probably they're probably pretty much stone at this point you know okay like i i don't think a whole lot of biology can survive that long to actually be dissected but sure um, i mean I, I know it wouldn't be like dissecting a frog right but like wouldn't you still have like caverns inside you where your organs were or something don't I guess know. your skin wouldn't survive. I mean, well, that thing has a face, though. So, like, why wouldn't its skin survive, I guess? Looking at that thing, I got the impression that you weren't really looking at the skull, but, like, the stone being chipped away around the skull. Um, so that's not... I don't think that's necessarily exactly what the thing looked like. You know, and even, again, in the, the radio imaging, they had much more of a, a rounder forehead than, than what you could see in the, the images they showed hmm. live. Um, I do think it was interesting and really sensational, the idea that it had some egg, like one of them had eggs inside of it. Um, 
and they did some radio imaging of the egg as well and it looked very much like an embryo of you know like a human embryo but you know different sure yeah so the statement by that guy is that 30 percent of the dna isn't something that could be found on earth um and that's what they're currently investigating um the guy says that there is a a 30 percent 30 percent of the dna that's not um that's not here so um but they did have a navy doctor scientist look at it um he's the guy who did a lot of the scans and things like that um so we'll definitely have to see um the crazy thing about this is that these guys look like et from the movie et um like extremely similar um yeah and and so there's a funny story and this is something that's completely true as far as we can tell um and you can even look this up on on youtube and and listen to it um so steven spielberg um who directed et did a private screening of et for ronald reagan in the white house with about 30 people that were there and when the screening was over reagan came up to him and and kind of looked around the room and said and this, these are in spielberg's words so you can you can look it up and i'm probably going to miss it a little bit and paraphrase but um he kind of looked around the room and was like um you know thank you for uh for showing this to us um and essentially it was kind of like there's a lot of people in this room who know about this um hinting that yes this is what these things look like right it seemed like he said almost like he said like yeah you know this is exact. this is a lot like what it's actually like <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah yeah um and and so this is the story from from spielberg of the conversation that he had with reagan in the white house after screening et so there is some correlation there um if you believe what he says which he seems to be a pretty i don't know why he'd lie um but he was also young right so this is when et came out um which was 1982 um so he was definitely a lot younger then so maybe he was you know kind of tooting his own horn or something um but but that's an account from him um and you know there there was this this fiction that you know right after the movie was shown that reagan was like kind of rushed out of the room um by somebody and he says you know you're not going to remove reagan from the white house like that's where he is he's he's not going to allow people just to like remove him from the room just so that he can't talk to you about this right um so so take that for what it is but you know as far as like the visuals um that's that's the backup story Um, that's the biggest like thing i've heard from people in response to this and i think it's ridiculous people are like that can't be an alien it looks too much like an alien (laughs) (laughs) 
it's like come on like okay if this is what people are describing that they see as aliens and this is what we're depicting in like pop culture is what aliens look like you know why can't that be what aliens look like I mean, it may be the thing that the government says, like, this is what aliens look like. It could be a PSYOP. Right, like, it could this be soft is what, disclosure. Yeah, yeah. It's like, soft disclosure, this is what aliens look like. We're going to make sure that everybody's used to what aliens look like when they come down so that we that they don't think that they look like alien from the movie Aliens and they're trying to eat us, right? They just look like little, <laughs> right. little harmless dudes that have just glowing, guys. glowing little, <laughs> little glowing fingers right you can't, you can't and all they and all they want to do is go home you know they don't want right. to cause any harm they just want to go home and uh you know that's just be nice to the little little alien dudes you know th- that could be what it is it could you know there there doesn't have to be something a menacing side to it we assume that there's a menacing side to the the alien situation because we're basing basing things that aliens may do based off of our barbaric human interests, and right, it's, yeah. it's something that we understand. We understand violence, right? So we can say, okay, well, aliens could be violent. We we don't know. They could be like cows and just not give a shit about anything. You know, like that could be. That's also possible. You know, like I don't know, but anyway. I'm done with my tangent and my rant. Sure. And I think, um, uh, please correct me in the comments if I'm wrong, but I think Spielberg was brought up in the um, uh, David Grush video under a different context. Was he? I think so. I think they talked about somebody who had briefed him um, or something like that. Like, or, or maybe he had, a dis- he had a disagreement, a strong disagreement about what UFOs and aliens were like with some um Big alien guy? I don't know. I can't remember exactly. Oh, yeah. That was about the uh, close encounter of the fourth kind? Is that what the movie's called? Third kind, I think. Third kind, yeah. Something about uh, a creative director or a consultant um, who was also part of the UFO like government project um, who was being consulted. And, and Yeah, I do remember something about that. So. Like he had a really big argument with Spielberg about it or something. I mean, yeah, go watch the, the Grush video for sure uh, and, and let me know if I'm wrong. Uh, I, I've watched that video it's... like three times now, and I'm still getting more stuff every time I watch it. I wasn't it. talking to you. I was talking to the listener. I so... know, but <laughs> I have a problem. <laughs> so there's a um, an article um, that popped up when you do a a search um, of Spielberg aliens in Google, the second thing is Close Encounters of the Third Kind article in the Library of Congress, um, written by Matt Zoller Seats. Okay. And it says, as a child growing up, Steven Spielberg was fascinated by the concept of UFOs. He had a youthful obsession that bore fruit decades later. Um, this movie and TV crazy suburban Groy grew up to become an expressive director. So he got through dual Sugarland Express Jaws. Um, in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, we talks about the effects of extra extraterrestrial contact. Um, it was arguably um, a spectacle 
that suggests not just what extraterrestrial life might look like, but how proof of its existence might make us feel. Sure, yeah. I mean, I could definitely see that as being like the theme overall of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I should really go back and watch that. It's been probably like 10 years since I've seen it, but it was a pretty incredible movie. It's Richard Dreyfuss as the lead role, right? Um, <laughs> let me take a look. That sounds right track. to me. Let us know in the comments if we're wrong. <laughs> yeah, roast me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I just, I, yeah, we, need, we need to start saying false information like crazy. So, Not that we don't already, so that people will correct us in the comments. Well, he was definitely in it. I'll say that much. I yeah, don't know whether you, or not. I'm pretty sure he was the, the lead guy in it. But anyway, I've also heard that Steven Spielberg is on board with the it's us from the future, like thousands and thousands right. of years in the future coming back. So I don't know. Spielberg, I think, probably knows stuff. Yeah, and they yeah, talked maybe. about that in the Grush video, too. About what? About it, them being thousands, um, people from thousands of years in the future. Like, that's the path yeah. that human evolution might take, you know? Right, yeah, and and that's kind of what you hinted at in your your theory at our first episode was like you know nuclear. The discovery of nuclear was like a, a, a timeline shift, you know, right? And like there was a timeline that went in this like atomic punk kind of like fallout <laughs> level of like atomic energy kind of thing, and then there's us, yeah. Right, so right, maybe yeah. It's, maybe it's the atomic energy people in the distant future who are using that to, you know, split the atom or smash the atom and create black holes or wormholes in time. So now that you've brought it up, mm -hmm. so guys, CERN is trying to make another hydrogen collider. Yeah, I don't know why you find this surprising. <laughs> well, it's not that I find it surprising. It's not. That it's just. This needs to be stopped, <laughs> if at all possible, in any way that we can. Like I'm, I'm so against it. Like they're, they're going to ruin this world. Maybe it's me coming back from the future, guys. Yeah. Be like I told you so. It's Look what's gonna happen. Terminator. Look what's gonna happen if you let them do this. Keep I have to this. kill David CERN before yeah. he destroys the future. <laughs> I must destroy the CERN. <laughs> you get a job at CERN and just like toss a potato in it one day. <laughs> right. Mission accomplished. I toss a frog in it. A frog Hadron yep. Collider. Yeah, that's how you make a super frog right there. <laughs> super Ninja frog. frog. Yeah, that frog, frog was sent to the future and is coming back to warn us to not do that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but so something that I've been thinking about while listening to like all the I've been watching a lot of like videos on YouTube. There's interviews with science like people, and this goes back to the bigger CERN thing. It does. <sighs> I'm hearing the term over and over again. I know this isn't a new term, but it's just popping up a lot in my feed, which is new science. And like the idea of to create new science, you have to kind of just do things bigger, you know, mm. like you like, so like really the only way to discover more about, you know, atom collision and these like potentialities to create black holes and things like that and searching for the Higgs boson you know, the only way to really do that is just to make bigger and bigger colliders until and eventually we're problem. able to discover something. Damn. That's the problem. Yeah. You know, and but that's true for like all science, you know, like uh, that was a big theme with the 
uh, India moon landing thing was how just how much new science we're going to be able to do now that we're able to get there and and put the stuff on there and you know like that's that's just how science works like we i don't have know to, we have to abuse the shit out of things in order to <laughs> do some science and learn some stuff maybe maybe it's maybe the problem is i'm a I'm kind of a just because you can doesn't mean you should per sure. <laughs> and like that's like like you really have to weigh the con- the potential consequences of something before you just do it. And scientists don't care. Like they don't. Like they just don't care. Like, I just love how you have this like like love, mad scientist. Fantasy. No, you have this like mad scientist fetish. Or something, you know, like, or fetish probably isn't the right word, but, like, an obsession with, like, this mad scientist ideal. That, like, scientists just don't, they don't care. They're just out to to figure out what they need to figure out. Damn the costs. I mean, that's well, that's what's been proven to me over time. <laughs> is that they do not well, care. individual they're scientists, I think, it. they're trying to solve their one problem. Right. And they're probably not... I mean, obviously, I'm sure that they're they're probably more aware of the costs of things than most people are, having to justify them to the government. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I I think that they they might. I could see they must think that their problem is the most important thing. Sure. Yeah, and and so to go back to Oppenheimer for a second, when you're when you're watching the movie they they talk specifically about how there's a one percent chance that when they explode this bomb it's going to catch like the earth on fire oh yeah yeah and their response to that at first is like man that's pretty serious and then it cuts over to oppenheimer and he's just like eh like, <laughs> like that like, seems like a bit of a dramatization, eh, though. Like it's 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 a it's a possibility, but it's not likely. And so, right. because it's not likely, it's worth a shot. And that's the attitude that I'm worried about. Like, just like yeah, there's a possibility we could blow up the world using the by colliding atoms, but but eh, it's not likely. So. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I did want to go back and touch again another Grush video thing. I think this was in his video was the whole idea of string theory being a psyop. Oh man, yeah, that was in there too. Yes, that, uh, and I've been talking about that for a long time. I can't remember if I've actually talked about it on the podcast or not, though. Or if it was you, I think you did. Yeah. No, I don't think you have. Yeah, I don't think I, I have I, either. And I wish I've I had because I'd have some proof that I've been talking about this for a long time. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard a lot about it more recently, mm-hmm. but I don't think you've talked about it on the podcast. I think it's just been around. Right. So okay. the the theory is that in the 40s and 50s, while all of this like psyops you know now declassified stuff was going on uh, about anti-gravity is also around the time that string theory came out and the idea of it being a psyop is that it's it's so closely like it's so well mirrors what we view in reality you know like it does such a good job of making connections that are close enough to explaining things but it's just like a side like it's just it it's not fake science but well but they said in the videos there's nothing you could do with it 
Right. Yeah. Like it can tell us a lot of things, but what what can you do with it? You know. And it was like implanted in the like scientific psyche that this was like the thing that would lead to a theory of everything. And so, so many people dedicated their lives to it, but in reality, it was just meant to keep people off of the correct track, um, which apparently had something to do with the anti-gravity thing. I certainly wasn't all about the anti-gravity thing, but like there was this, this whole other layer of science and physics that went ignored and buried in favor of string theory and how that could potentially be like a really deep psyop. Right. I mean, I, I, obviously, you know, I'm sure it's easier to see into the past far than it is close. Right. But I mean, it does kind of seem like the last big accomplishment with physics is like splitting the atom and then, okay, they're pretty much done. Right. Well, I mean, the the big hope is, though, for a theory of everything, you know, like something, sure. you know, some kind of formula that can, at its very core, explain the fundamentals of nature and reality. And like, I get the appeal of, of string theory being that thing, but I don't think it is. And I think that there's a lot of people wasting a lot of time and energy and money on something that's not going to amount to anything so um so this has been talked a lot about a lot by eric weinstein um who's probably one of the more popular um theorists out there um and after some conversations with other theorists um i mean his his word quote is i have nothing against string theory per se as string theory doesn't hurt anyone but I'm absolutely committed to the idea that if we do not purge string theory culture and quantum gravity culture and get back to collegially self-critique ourselves, that this field will die. Um, essentially, that string theory leaves, leads nowhere. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, and so when, when you, you see this kind of turn... Um, you really have to have to wonder, you know, has this been a thing that is this the math that's been given to the public to study when right. there's other math that that lives out there that's correct? Right. Um, Were we given this as a distraction from right from finding out a deeper truth? Right. So so there's definitely thought by popular theorists out there that string theory is nothing but a waste at this point um not saying it may not be helpful in some ways but it's not where science goes um well, well i mean we'll have to see what happens from that but. maybe it's some kind of like fundamental truth about the universe that the aliens gave over to help uh leave physics off track you know like something that you know they know that they've spent hundreds of years figuring out you know, once they had already discovered interdimensional travel. Well, it's it's the thing about it is string theory in of itself and quantum and quantum gravity are both really interesting, right? Like they're super interesting right. and exciting to think about, right? Like like there's there's this idea that you can you can really sink your teeth into and get excited over right and, and it's playing god you know it's it's messing with the very particles of reality you know the the very things that 
that make everything tick. So you know? what scientist wouldn't want to be the one to crack that code? And so now you have most scientists in that specific field looking into this one specific thing. Sure. Instead, instead of coming up with their own ideas. And I think that's really what they get at is that we're hindering process because everybody's focused on this one thing. When at max, there should be 10 people looking at this thing. Right. You know, like, well, I mean, that's a generalization. Yeah, that's a generalization. But, but essentially, like, there's other places to focus on where we can actually advance science. And there's no actual end to strength theory. I mean, we, we don't know if that's true or not, right? Like, we don't actually right, know if right. that's true, but that, but, but if nothing new is being created and everybody's just we're spinning our real our wheels for fifty years looking at the same thing, like you know doing the same thing over and over is insanity, yada yada yada. Like that's what we're doing as a culture. Like maybe it's time we we kick it off and and start looking at some new ideas. Yeah. And if you're a quantum physicist out there studying string theory and you're thinking to yourself, this is a bunch of bullshit. I can't believe they're saying this right now. You should contact us. We'll have you on the show. Reach out. Oh yeah. Socials, please. <laughs> to, to, prove her wrong. Like you don't have to prove anything, but we will just have a fun conversation with you about it. Certainly. <laughs> yeah. We'll have a conversation with you about it. And I mean, we are non-science people talking about something extremely sciencey. Oh yeah. yeah I know like, absolutely nothing. Like the fact that I just used the word sciencey. Um, yeah. <laughs> the idea of, of kind of what that means, but um well, all science is wrong, and if anybody wants to come in and tell me that I'm wrong, that would be a great interview. And you can give give all the comments you want um, about how much you like CERN. Uh, I, will, <laughs> I, I, will, I will come find you and argue with you. Um, you'll get my personal <laughs> attention, so so feel free to leave those comments and feedback. Yeah, Guys, Wiggy, I, unlike Jackie, is really bad at arguing on the internet, so this is a <laughs> to engage in. Yeah, yeah, great yeah. Opportunity. yeah, you'll probably win, um, <laughs> but you're not going to change my mind on this one. Right, you'll win, um, but you'll prove nothing to him. Yeah, yeah you'll prove nothing, um, but I'll, I'll engage you, for sure. I'm still really hung up. I'm hung up on the idea that um, what Jeff said earlier about like the new science of the future being bigger and better. I'm just imagining um, bioengineering a really big apple so someone can beat me in the head with it and I can discover gravity too. Yeah, gra gravity 2.0. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where it's at. Although I think Monsanto is already working on that that apple patent. So. Damn! I just got to go sit under their trees. Yeah, you just got to go bust into the um, Monsanto uh, research facilities where they're growing the the giant apple trees and just have a little sit, man. <laughs> You're on your way. All right. Well, I think that's gonna do it for us for today. Um, thank you for listening to our shenanigans and um, our information on Aliens Two. Um, we really appreciate you guys and we look forward to uh having you listen to our next episode um just as a shout out this is episode number 10 Woo -hoo. Woo. so we have we have hit the first milestone um so celebrate us in the comments um you can even visit us on our link tree and give us a celebratory drink 
uh, if you'd like. But other than that, um, we'll let you go, and we'll see you guys later. See you, everybody. Bye. Later. Later.